Hello everyone and welcome to the West Coast Post Up. I am your host Adam McQueen. You can follow me on Twitter at West Coast Post Up and we're coming to you on a Monday, October 30th. And all the big games in the NBA are just finishing up and we're just going to catch you up with everything that's happened. Let's go. Have you sold any shoes yet? Yeah, I sold a, a good amount to me. Like I said, there's different amounts. How many? Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Why I you would never you? wear a big baller shirt. No, I didn't Don't say that. Don't talk to me, but I heard you say all I I said that I... You're a great reporter, just not reporting on me. Next, well, next, well, next, well, next. Well. Let me tell you something. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. All right, and... I am joined by my co-host, the man himself, We the North, Graham Turner. Graham, how are you? What's up, sports fans? <laughs> I'm excited. It's Monday. I feel good. I feel excited. It's uh, it's a great day to be alive. We had some big games throughout the day. We started off with an interesting one with Boston San Antonio. Yeah, it's cool to see two of the best coaches in the NBA, the the Sith Overlord and his apprentice, the the young Padawan, Brad Stevens, Greg Popovich go up against each other. I don't know, it's cool More. watching them come out of timeouts running cool plays. Yeah, good basketball. Lionel Hollins, I don't think, has ever seen a play come out of a timeout before. He <laughs> didn't know that was possible. He's going to write that down for the next game. Uh, he's excited. A couple ISO heaves. Uh, yeah, we've had some good games later on as well, and that's going to lead us into our starting five. Two seconds left in the fourth quarter. The Wolves up by two. Wiggins, oh my! A resounding smash by Wiggins! And Graham, I'll let you start this off because I know you're buzzing about your home team right now. Well, let me just say this. The Toronto Raptors have been in the midst of a six-game road trip for the past three games ever since uh, sort of the last week of October here. They've played so far the San Antonio Spurs, which was a very tight loss. That the, was a, a Raptors of old performance. A huge lead coming into the fourth quarter. Inspiring for three quarters. Yeah, I think, I mean, the thing with the Spurs that is so frustrating is that, especially without Kawhi Leonard, they don't really have any players that make you jump out of your seat. But it's the system that gets it done. And it's like the New England Patriots in the NFL. It's just so frustrating to play against because they make so few mistakes. It's my From being a Grizzlies fan, the most frustrating thing about playing against the Spurs is their defense. Because I've never, te- never seen a team so good at not fouling, yet being right on the edge of fouling. They just corral you in the paint. They all have their hands up. It's just the most frustrating. They're never out of rotation. It's just... It's a gauntlet. So, unfortunately, the Raps let that one slip, and it was looking like the same Raptors we've seen in the past, but the last couple games have told a different story. Well, they they lost the Golden State Warriors, which, I mean, you can't really fault them for losing to the Warriors home. And Tool, you understand that they also had a lead coming into the fourth quarter, Um, but, you know, the Warriors are the best team in the NBA, one of the best teams of all time, so you can't be too, too angry about that. Uh, they really picked it up against the Lakers. I think everyone expected them to probably win that. And then the most, promising, vic- most promising victory of the road trip so far, uh, a big win in Portland on the back of some incredible defense from one of my favorite young players and a guy who I am loving reading the articles coming about him right now, 
my boy OJ Ananobi. The OG. Oh. The OG. I thought you were going to go Nagara. Uh, I mean, Nagara. I've just seen too much of Nagara at this point. I've seen the bad. The, the, the bricks, bad. The, the, the bad. The ugly. The bad, the ugly, and today you got a little bit of the good, I think, and it was it was promising to see. I hope he has some confidence because JV is day to day with a knee injury and Abaka's out uh, with a phantom injury. Maybe I don't know, taking a maybe he's going to see Pitbull in Hawaii. To, you don't know. To be fair, the Raptors did look very good. They looked very strong defensively. It was a, causing a lot of turnovers. What was uh, most impressive? It's the best defensive Raptors performance I've seen in a while. Portland equally did look very poor. Very poor indeed. Nurkic was lost today. He seemed uninterested and was getting torched in the pick and roll defensively by Lowry. And yeah, you Lillard tried to keep him in a bit with just some hero ball. In the end, Raptors really kind of dominated him in all of in every facet, really, all over the court. Well, the most promising thing about this Raptors season, and it's two things that we missed in the past. And the first thing is our playing style has evolved finally, to meet up with the modern NBA. And this is something that we were missing probably three years ago, playing against the Wizards, getting swept in that first-round series. Any Raptors fan will tell you that it was incredibly frustrating watching that. The iso ball late in games being decided by these, you know, three-point heaves from Lowry or two-point heaves from DeRozan. But the other thing is the role players coming in. The guys like OG Ananobi, the guys like Dellen Wright, the guys like CJ Miles are... Shall I call him CJ Kilometers? Like, <laughs> he is, uh, these are guys that the Raptors haven't had in the past. And yeah, it hurts to lose uh, to Pat, Patrick Patterson to the OKC Thunder on a great contract, but uh, it, it's it's so it's so promising. I love it's, watching it. It's weird seeing these, like, getting to support teams with a good bench now. It's weirdly satisfying that when you're number one and two guys come off the court, that you're not just going to hemorrhage 20 points within three minutes and then just dig yourself out of the lead. I, who would have thought having a good bench, having 10 good players, would lead to regular season victories? Who would have thought that better players would make a better basketball team? It's unbelievable. It's <laughs> unprecedented. And to be honest with you guys, like I'm just happy the Raptors finally caught up. We're going to transition to something else that's really caught our eye this year and has really taken a lot of people by surprise. And that would be the performances of the Eastern Conference middle class. We're talking about... The Magic, the Hornets, the Pacers to a certain extent, and the Detroit Pistons. Big victories against some of the Western Conference top tier. Make the East great again is all I want to say. For too long, <laughs> Mega. For too long, the the middle class has been ignored by these big wig politicians and league commissioners and fancy pants journalists with their real degrees, not from the University of Phoenix online. Well, let me tell you what, okay? <laughs> let me tell you what. The East is back, baby. And people say may say, yeah, Detroit, you know, the downtown is dead. No one goes to the games. No one lives in Orlando except for people with mullets and addicted to meth. But let me tell you what. They can play some basketball down there. And I, for, I for one, am excited to see a little bit more parity in the NBA because it's been too long. Since the days of Ben Wallace. Uh, for the Magic, specifically, uh, do you think there's causation, a correlation, any of these scientific connections between GM Hannigan being gone and the Magic winning basketball games? Well, it's funny that you mentioned that. I happened to review the infamous Rob Hennigan whiteboard today. And there's no wonder that guy got fired. Those players <laughs> stunk. Like, I think he had Tayshaun Prince on there, didn't he? <laughs> he 
He had like Lance Thomas. He had Damari <laughs> Carroll on there. Like basically, the Magic are good because their GM isn't trying to actively sabotage them anymore. And speaking of second units, when when you get someone like Jonathan Simmons coming off the bench, who is starting to prove himself. He already did in the Spurs. We thought he was just going to be one of those cog-in-the-machine Spurs players. And as soon as he leaves Greg Popovich's tutelage, that he really wasn't going to be as useful elsewhere. Your, your, your Boban Marjanovic's, so to speak. But he's really shown himself to be the exact player you want to be coming off your bench. Versatile, can score in a lot of ways, and he's improved his shooting exponentially since he came into the league. I think the success of the Magic this year has really rested on guys like Aaron Gordon, who's really coming to his own, developed that outside shot. And I think, I mean, I hope the Magic do well. It's been too long. Like, how long ago, or how long does it seem ago that Dwight Howard led them to the finals? Like, what do Orlando residents have to look forward to? Uh, they got warm weather. Yeah. I don't know. Doesn't warm weather mean like hurricanes nowadays? Like I'm automatically suspicious of any place that has warm weather and wind and is near water because it just freaks me out. Where now. Where are you gonna live then? You gotta go to Wisconsin. Uh, Wisconsin is fantastic. They got cheese and uh, really annoying football fans. <laughs> go Vikings. Uh, yeah, I've been incredibly surprised by the magic. That is probably for me. The biggest surprise of the season. You have DJ Augustine starting at point guard right now. And they're winning basketball games. And not only winning games. They dismantled the Spurs. I think what's happening is... It's like that Seinfeld episode where George does the opposite of everything. To try and get girls to, to, make, to seem attractive. Where like... Basically the Magic and the Pacers and these other Eastern Conference teams are like... You know what? We're just going to stop kind of really trying so hard and just sort of get into our groove and embrace it and lean into it. Yeah. And look what's happening. <laughs> They're getting Marissa Tomei. <laughs> They're killing it. And I think as well, there's this whole notion of like, to get good again, you need to really tank. To get great again. Yeah. Everyone's talking about, I don't know, strip your team dry and just start from zero. But when you look at someone like the Pistons did this year... It's no surprise that when you had your starting shooting guard was Contavious Caldwell-Pope, and I'm not trying to slight him in any regard, but, like, what has he done? What does he want? He's just a young guy, and he's putting up reasonable stats for a Pistons team that was just uninspiring. And you replace him with Avery Bradley, who is criminally underrated, and his on-ball defense against Steph Curry that entire game, he was in his jersey. He was living inside his jersey. He was a living nightmare for him that whole game. And just players like that, just bringing winning basketball players onto your team will make you actually competitive with the Western Conference. It's surprising, and I think it just comes to show that little moves actually do make a big impact. It's not always making those home run hits and securing that number one pick. You can also find other ways to become a strong basketball team. They're almost the winning in spite of themselves, and I think all of all those teams, the Pistons are the most unsustainable to keep winning because they have guys like Reggie Jackson, who is not a bad basketball player, but is really not that valuable relative to his contract. They have guys like Stanley Johnson, who I'm not a huge fan of. Like Sebastian Tolliver yesterday was... <laughs> Anthony Tolliver? <laughs> Sebastian Telfer? Yeah. <laughs> oh. They I think had, he just went to jail for summoning Sebastian Telford. Oh, let's not talk about it. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. Yeah, sorry. 
Uh, Tolliver, name first name unknown. Yeah, he's like a Brazilian soccer player. He just has one name. Yeah, he's I like don't Nene. Know. Yeah, exactly. He's like Nene or uh, Bebe Nogueira. You don't know his real name. They don't want you to know their names. <laughs> but Tolliver was a plus 24 yesterday, and I think that... I mean, he's not going to be a plus 24 every game, but the more they can get out of these some of these role players, the more interesting they're going to become come April. Uh, speaking of these Eastern Middle Class teams, another one we're going to touch on here is another one that surprised me, but less so the team, more so just his individual performance. A member of London Silly Nanny fantasy basketball team, Victor Oladipo. He's been given four reigns to be the number one guy, and you know what? It's good for a player to not have to play second fiddle and just watch Russell Westbrook dribble the air of the ball for 20 seconds and then just launch deep threes, contested fadeaways, and chuck you the ball with two seconds left on the shot clock. I'm happy for them. I'm happy for Victor Oladipo. I'm, I think he got out from under a not a great situation for him as a volume shooter playing against to a guy like Russ. Like, you really have to be able to play off the ball next to Russ. And, I mean, the Oklahoma City Thunder experiment is ongoing. We'll see how it ends up. But I, I like all the depot. And yeah. I like... And that tandem with him and Turner together. That him and Turner, be... and, and they're going to put Sabonis next to him. They're going to give more minutes to the to that. Mean Sabonis now. We have Mean Sabonis dunking on people. Sabonis is a villain. He's embraced the villain role and... No, he's still got a baby face. Oh, but, you know, he's... Uh, he's a he has a villain's he's... name. He does, Demonis Sabonis. He is a nobody-believes-in-us guy. And I, I'm, for one, excited to see what the Pacers do. And they're another team that sort of just leaned into it, right? Traded their star for what was derided at the time as nothing. But, and hey. Then, and here's another one. You pick up a solid veteran, someone that can steady the ship in Corey Joseph. I know you have nothing but good things to say about Corey Joe. And to have someone like that playing 25 minutes a game for you and lean the second unit, it's, it's invaluable. I think it's underrated. It ties into that second, that whole second unit philosophy again. That's really leading these 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 middle class teams to some surprising victories. The middle class hasn't seen a resurgence like this since the New Deal after the Great Depression. This is like FDR's <laughs> wet dream right now. The NBA Eastern Conference. <laughs> Businesses are booming. Business is booming. We're building railroads. We're lying to the public. It's great. Oh. I say build it, and they will come. Uh, we're going to go next to an individual for our starting five here, and it's the return of Dion Waiters and all residents on Waiters Island. It's like My Puerto Rico, I think, right now. Is They're just starting to get their infrastructure back again. The lights are starting to turn on. They're getting some food drops. Like, Puerto, Waiters Island and Puerto Rico are kind of on the same upward trend it's right synonymous. now. synonymous. Yeah, there's and a bit of a hurricane or natural disaster, but it's coming back. And... Miami have been underwhelming to start with, to say the least. I think they made questionable moves in the offseason. They didn't secure any big-name free agents, which is surprising for Miami, but they have invested a lot of money in some interesting role players, in Kelly Olynyk, who had a good game today. He had a big game. You know what you're going to get. And James Johnson, and they secured their younger guys with Tyler Johnson, but... There's just no one that really pops out on that team. Dion Waiters has had a lingering ankle injury, and he just hasn't been himself. Well, he has been his irrationally confident self, chucking the ball from all over the place despite being injured. And today, without Hassan Whiteside, he kind of got the green light, and it, re- it really paid off. He had a great fourth quarter, just single-handedly getting Miami back into a game in which they had no right to be involved in. 
unfortunately, they did lose in overtime, but I'm just glad to see Dion Waiters and Waiters Island back in the NBA and being making impact. I think that a lot of these teams, like the Pistons and the Magic, could potentially take away the spot of like what the Heat were last season. Like I think, mm-hmm. I think there's a resurgence, there's a surge of some of these teams that people kind of wrote off, and the Heat have been occupying that space for like a year or two now. The Heat got to make some moves. Like it's it's gonna be hard for them to play five hundred basketball. They're treading water right now, and I'm not sure but what Pat Riley that, thinks, but that's I the think, very problem. I think you got to go one way or another. That's the very problem with what they did, though, is that they played well with a roster that didn't have the most talent. Which, if you can do that, great. I if you can win games, you can, you can almost they should have snuck into the playoffs. Is unfortunate. But then you locked up so much of your salary with these guys. It's like you put your future in the hands of the James Johnson, Kelly Olenek's of the world. And I, where, what do you, where's that going to take you? What, what are you doing with that? A guy that I would want to put my future in the hands of is the leader of our next spot of the starting five. The, cool. name, the name that will reverberate around the New York Knicks franchise for better or for worse for the next decade. For better on, or for better. Depending on how they decide to manage him going forward and that organization as a whole. But Kristaps Porzingis had a career night tonight. And these w- are the sort of performances that, as a Knicks fan, I would imagine make you glad that Phil Jackson is no longer in charge of this team and he's just roasting that bong wherever he is. If Phil Jackson was still in charge, he would have seen that performance and be like, perfect. This is peak trade value for Kristaps. Let's go get... A second round pick from the Houston Rockets. He would never have seen that performance because Carmelo would have taken twenty five shots <laughs> tonight. So it's a not it's a moo point. And he would have just been tweeting these cryptics, kind of vague tweets about peace and love and how Melo is a cancer to the team. He'd be doing his word jumble up in the press box or whatever, like chewing tobacco and doing uh, nicotine patches. The Phil Jackson. I, I mean, I don't love the New York what? Knicks by any means, but I think I'm I'm much more certain and much more confident about the future of Chris Saps in New York now. Just the versatility of Chris Saps Porzingis is... It's incredible. I watched them absolutely eviscerate the Cavaliers on Sunday night, and late in the fourth quarter, the Cavs were trying to make a run back, and it... We were talking, we are like, I think the Cavs are going to come back on this. It's just one of those games. They're just deciding to turn it on. And they got it down to 10, and things started looking shaky. And then the Knicks ran two identical plays. They ran almost this weird, they almost ran like a double pin down screen for him where he popped out around the three-point arc. And the first one he popped out, Kevin Love was slow to get out to him, and he absolutely blew by him. And he can take off from outside the paint. Two steps, and he was already at the rim, scooped in beautifully. Next play, down the court, exact same thing. Love and Smith just completely didn't know what was going on there. The the, the communication was off. He turned around, drained the three in the face. And it's like, when you have someone that's seven foot three and can do those kind of things on the court, I don't know how you can't win basketball games. And they're riding a three-game win streak right now. (laughs) It's not sustainable. They're not going to win this many games. They're not going to be around 500, but... I mean, you're seeing some positives. I think, I, I don't think Ennis Cantor is necessarily your answer as the person to play along Christophe Porzingis, but 
if you have Porzingis playing on the outside like this, Chris uh, Cantor, the one thing he can do at an all-NBA level is offensive rebound. He's getting about five and a half offensive rebounds a game right now. And he's just he's a, he's a menace down there. And I think at least New York Knicks are playing somewhat enjoyable basketball right now. It's, it's, it's night and day between the mellow Chris Stapps era and to now where we have Jarrett Jack leading the offense as a point guard general. The only thing I'm more excited for than Chris Scott Sporting is his future is to see how James Dolan fucks it up. Because <laughs> that is like watching uh, a movie that has a lot of your favorite actors in what? it, but a really bad script, and it's just a train wreck. Mm-hmm. And you're just waiting for it to end. Mm-hmm. Like One of those ones where it's like, this looked like it was going to be a better movie on paper. The idea was cool, but it should never really. Yes, absolutely. Like movie 43. It's just like, yeah, it could have been good, but the execution was so bad that I want to scoop my eyes out with an ice cream. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, what do you think, Dolan was thinking about? What do you think his next move is? What? Well, doesn't he tour with his band? Isn't that his prime focus right now? Like he doesn't really get involved too he's much in the day to day operations. He's chasing the musical dream. Yeah, he's chasing the rainbow of one way or another. I don't know. It's I. I think the Knicks are. Destined yeah. to be the Knicks for a while. And until they you don't feel enthused Frankie Nicotine showing some stuff now? I'm not over the moon about Frankie Nicotine. Like, Ooh, I think I think he's going to take a while to adjust, but I think, like you were saying today with some of those Raptors second-year players, I think the more he gets accustomed to NBA basketball, I think he's going to become but a better player. there's not just one guy either. Like they need, they need other guys to be able to come in and step up. And I mean, they have interesting pieces, but... Do they have enough to build a team around right now? Like, Chris Apps is one in a hundred, one in a thousand. You're not going to find that guy again for a while. The fact that they were even thinking about training him is so absurd to me. Like, <laughs> yeah. it makes me mad. Like, Phil Jackson should be punished. It's disgusting. It's and so it, brutal. It comes back to what we're talking about. Just, you need to make small moves. Uh, and we'll finish up here with our starting five. One thing that's taken me by surprise... And it's the Timberwolves, the Minnesota Timberwolves winning close games. Last year, everyone, that was not only their Achilles heel, defense, and many other things, but they had leads. They had plenty of leads last year, and they managed to blow nearly every single one of them. And this year, it started off a little similar, but the last two, they're like this, they're still showing glimpses. They want to get... They want to give it away. Today, they somehow managed to let Miami back in. But two for two, clinging on to these close victories. And I think that a lot of it has to do with Jimmy Butler being a part of the team now. It's like those dogs, that, like having a dog that you want to train. And you train it, and then you see, like, you know that it really wants to do something bad, like eat your food or, like, take a poo in the house. And you're like, <laughs> no, don't do it. Don't do it. But and it's they look at you, they look at you and sometimes they look at you and still do it. And that ma- that's what makes you the maddest. Because you know that they made a decision. That was the Timberwolves today. It's like, oh, all right, don't lose. Don't lose. And then they look at you in the eye and they're like, okay, we won't lose today. But they, they, but they sure want wanted to. They sure want they to. Sure want they to. sure want to. Did you see Andrew Wiggins' dunk? Cornrows Wiggins. Cornrows Wiggins evoking other Cornrow memories such as a older Ben Wallace, post-Afro Ben Wallace. You really on the Ben Wallace train today? I know, Ben Wallace is in my mind for some reason. What is that? I don't know. The Inception. I don't know. He's infiltrated. Do you miss his airball free throws and he's 
one foot little hook shots because that was did, pretty much did Ben Wallace just morph into Andre Drummond and no one really noticed like, did, oh did he my not that lose, is did he not lose you need to go back to <laughs> some of those old highlights because Ben Wallace was one of the best rebounding and one of the best presences as as a defender I think like, they just changed the, the name on the parking spot in the parking lot I've, I've never seen someone be so so bad offensively yet be that much of a key cog on an NBA championship team 2004 was a different time. It was a different time. And we are um, we're going to come to a new sex, sexton, a new segment here. We're in a little festive mood. It's Halloween tomorrow, so we're going to do a little trick or treat. What were you what did you go as for Halloween this weekend, Adam? I went as David Attenborough with my girlfriend. And yeah, you a lot went, of people didn't get it. You collectively went as David Attenborough, like both of you together? Yeah, I was the arms, she was the legs. Oh. Well, you, yeah, you are really... She's the foundation of the relationship. You know your sense. Halloween costume's bad when you make your phone screensaver the cost, the person you're supposed to be to show people because everyone, literally everyone asked me, what are you? And then I showed them a picture of David Amber and they're like, oh, you're an old white guy. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit, I really didn't think this one through. You're an old man who's also a sock photo. Yeah, so my costume went badly, <laughs> to say the least, but... A couple other things that may be going badly here in the NBA. Okay. And we're going to do a little trick or treat. So trick is we think it's going to end badly. Treat, we think it's going to end well. <laughs> and we're going to start with Ty Lue's job security. Let me just say something before we begin this segment. I remember as a child going trick or treating, and the worst thing, the thing, because the basic, the basic philosophy of Halloween as a kid is just to accrue as much candy as possible in a short amount of time as possible, because your costume is uncomfortable. You have to wear a jacket over top, which is bullshit, because you want to wear your costume and show it. Not up. if you live somewhere hot like Orlando, but you've already you've already slagged them off at the start. Yeah, but you know how far it is to walk between the trailers. <laughs> oh my. God, I, what what do you have out for Orlando? This is not a nice place to live. I saw Disneyland's a Reddit, I saw a Reddit, I saw a Reddit post this this weekend about Orlando and how we should feel sorry for them because they're doing well for the first time. But it's a terrible place to live. I'm 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 staying out of this one. Your personal vendetta with Orlando. Anyway, is your anyway, business. what I was getting at is the worst thing is when some jerk bag tells you like you go to the door, you say trick or treat, and they're like, oh, treat. And then they like they're like oh you have to tell me you joke or something and it's like no I don't this wasn't part of the contract but I like, really <laughs> got over trick or treating by the time I was like seven I'm a bit of an old man inside it was just too much walking too much hassle you call me a curmudgeon you got over trick or treating at seven literally a time where people give you free candy and you were over eh. it eh you can take it or leave it just <laughs> just go buy the Halloween candy and eat it yourself. you don't have any money you're seven <laughs> you don't even have any pockets <laughs> all right let's get to let's get to our segment now. All right. I'm enough of enough of your Halloween Orlando bashing. I'll save it to the, for the therapy sessions. All right, we're gonna go to Tyloo's job security. Trick or treat, Graham? I think that this is a trick. I think Tyloo is not long destined for the Cleveland Cavaliers coaching role, and the reason I say that is when things go badly for LeBron, it's not usually LeBron's fault. And something has to be done. And I think the foundation for this move was late in the summer when David Griffin got let go. Um, 
the old Cav GM, and basically everyone knows that LeBron is the coach and the GM of whatever team he chooses <laughs> to play for. But Ty Lue is going to be the scapegoat for the poor performances of the Cavs early on this season. I give him maybe 20 games if things don't turn around quickly. Um, and the reason why... The reason why it's going to be his fault is that he has not found a good way to ingratiate Derrick Rose and Dwayne Wade into an aging Cavaliers lineup. And realistically, it's not his fault, but someone has to go and it's going to be Ty Lue. He's going to get proverbially stepped over by LeBron James. The one thing that Ty Lue is really good at is when the Cavaliers play awful defense, which is nearly every single time, so when the camera pans on him, he has the best facial reactions. He is probably the best potential meme in the NBA right now. The Ty Lu kind of confused slash disgusted face, like when he saw Trevor Booker sneaking in on their team huddle when he was running up the play, which was, let's give the ball to LeBron, like anyone could figure out that play, um, is, is great. So I think, unfortunately, in about five years' time, Ty Lue's going to be remembered for getting stepped over by Allen Iverson and being a meme that circled the internet for maybe a couple months. I mean, he did win the NBA championship, so he'll always have that, and no one can ever take that away from him. <laughs> but I liken that more to, like, a Roberto Di Matteo winning the Champions League with Chelsea. Like, he just kind of came in. He was there for that time. He didn't really do much to earn it, but he was there, and he'll be in the photo even if it is off to the side. That's great. I'm, I cannot believe you just brought that up out of out of your own will. That you sick, just made, sick references, bro. Yeah, you've just made me far too happy right now. <laughs> we go into our next one, which is Trick or Treat, which is Golden State playing in close games. They've played a surprising amount of close games against teams that they had more often than not in the past three years blown out with it by the third by the end of the third quarter and i just want to know do you think that they're gonna keep playing in these close games against the middling teams in the nba or are they gonna start waxing them well i think that the golden state warriors right now are like one of those halloween candies that you get that are kind of gross when you start eating it but the more you eat it kind of like the better it gets and the Golden State Warriors may be starting slow this season. And, hey, they have some new guys as well. They have Swaggy P. They have uh, Caspi. They have a couple new pieces that may, may need to get... Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to have to interject you because we are, as we're taping this, Golden State are up 139-113 on the Clippers. So that's pretty much answered our question. But we've also just watched JaVale do a fadeaway. Then huck a three and then decide to do a double spin move post-up. Two wraparound pass, which got swatted. He's got the ball back. He's playing point point guard, and I think that answers everything we need to know about this 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 question, really. Yeah, the Warriors are going to be fine. <laughs> the let, Warriors let, are let good. Let JaVale McGee play garbage time point guard. More of this, because it was he, really hard to keep a straight face during this podcast <laughs> looking up and seeing that. Is he the next Giannis? Is he the guy that's <laughs> just transitioning into a ball handler role? No, the, the Warriors are going to be fine. Next question. Trick or treat, Texas basketball. I think that Texas basketball is going to be a treat. And Maybe a mixed bag. Yeah, it could be one of those mixed bag. It could be like, uh, you, I, ever, you ever get that loose candy and you're like, what is this? Are you trying to poison me? There's a couple shit ones. There's a couple good ones. Yeah, exactly. And for the Dallas Mavericks in particular, I watched them play my Grizzlies twice last week. And I'm, I'm, I'm not optimistic for them. I do not like... Their lineup, I don't, I don't really like their talent. I don't really know where they're going with their whole roster set up, and I think they're, they're in a tough situation. I think what is going to be best for them 
is that they finish the season 1-81 and and they try and get into this Bagley, Michael Porter, Sweet States, or Luka Doncic. I think, uh, as they say, everything's bigger in Texas, and it's either going to go one way or another for these teams. The The Dallas Mavericks are going to probably, hopefully, finish at the bottom of the Western Conference, get a high draft pick. They have some guys, Donovan Mitchell, and... Uh, Sorry, Dennis Smith. You gotta cut that out. <laughs> the other one. The other one. They got Dennis Smith and they got Harrison Barnes. But as my uh, as my Alcoholics Anonymous leader once said, either go big or you go home. And <laughs> the Houston Rockets and San Antonio Spurs are gonna go big this season. And I think I that, that was what the gambling hotline said to you when you yeah. talked about. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, this is a casino. <laughs> they tricked me. Uh, yeah. No. Um, <laughs> No, the uh, the Spurs and the Rockets are going to be just fine, and the Rockets have actually lost two games to the Grizzlies, which is insane to me, but it's true. Um, but they have they have the pieces necessary to challenge. They're, they to be fair, they've had a couple. They've had a tough schedule, and they're missing Chris Paul, they, and they also lost a lot of their key black key yeah, guys from last They're year. missing Chris Paul. The Ariza's been injured. Anderson's was had like he was like deathly sick for the first week, and Eric Gordon was also out for another injury. So they. They're strong. They're thinner than they were last year, and Harden is still playing All NBA level. He, I, I, I would, I would like to put some dark horse money on him sneaking away with the MVP right now, and I think I think they'll be okay. The Spurs, the Spurs. I'm if, a little more more concerned. If any indication of what they've played like without Kawhi, I think they're going to be just fine. I think the big fine for them this year is being uh, Deontay Murray. And they have enough guys. I mean, if LaMarcus keeps playing at the the level that we thought he was going to play at when he joined the team, I think they're going to be just fine. And so, live long Texas. Go Horns. Go Rudy Gay. Go He's Rudy back. Gay, yeah. No Achilles injury could stop him. Go no income tax. No state income tax. There you go. Uh, last one. Trick or treat. Lonzo Ball shooting. Lonzo Ball has been ghastly. From the field, from three-point range, from two-point range, really all over the all over the court, and he he's struggling to get his own shot. He's really only been able to score in the paint and wide-open looks. And the 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 sidewinder release was very very much talked about. And could it be could it could it work against more athletic defense and people that were going to start to read that step-back move that he liked to use to get separation in college? And I don't know. Do you think this is a trigger or a treat? I think that Lonzo Ball shooting is going to be a trick for this year, but long-term is going to play out as a treat. I know that's a bit of a cop-out answer, but the Lakers, as they are right now, are not a very good basketball team. And mm-hmm. the guys that they have, like, they need to basically move some guys around. And I know that people are saying that LeBron James might go there next year. They're going to have to make some very significant moves if that even is going to come close to reality because – the likes of uh, Larry Nance Jr. and Zubac, which is a just... I, I'm pretty sure it's a Pokemon, nah, I think. yeah. I think it might just be a guy coming out there dressed as a big white guy, but it actually might be, like, several Pokemon. <laughs> we talked about this theory before with Skip Bayless maybe being babies. <laughs> Ivan Zubac may be a Pokemon, or several Pokemon. Is Zubac Pokemons? Pokemans? Whose mans is this? <laughs> Whose Pokemans is this, Ivan Zubac? It's gone off the rails. We're talking about Lonzo Ball here. But now we're on to Pokemon. Uh, what's your favorite Pokemon? <laughs> if Lonzo Ball was a Pokemon, he'd be Onyx because he throws up bricks. 
Wow. Good reference. Good reference. Self high five. Safe references, bro. Um, uh, I I'm a little bit more concerned than you are. I just think that the release itself is so low that you need you need so much separation, especially when he's gonna have some of these long rangy wing defenders that are ma- gonna match up with him size size wise and. I don't know. I, I he he's not the most athletic. He's handle. I'm 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 a little bit more skeptical on how tight his handle is. He seems to be all constantly flying with a turnover. And yes, he is an incredible passer. And yes, he can get into the lane well. And I think he could become a good defender. But there is something with. I don't know if he's going to be that player that's going to be able to make his own shot. Lonzo Ball is the answer to what every sports fan thought when they asked, hey, what would Seth Curry's shot look like if the ball never went in the hoop? (laughs) Because that's essentially what Lonzo Ball looks like. He shoots the same way, but the ball doesn't really go in. And that being said, like, Lonzo Ball's shooting may not be very good, but the rest of his game is pretty phenomenal. Like, his defense, yeah, there's stuff to be worked on, but... He's He's showing glimpses. He is showing glimpses. Like, I can't be too, too mad. And realistically, like, I think that it's going to come back together for Lonzo Ball. And you know what? If I'm Luke Walton, if I'm Rob Pulink, if I'm Magic Johnson, I feel relatively confident going forward with Lonzo Ball as one of the key cogs in my machine. All right. Pair him up with LeBron James next year. LeBron NBA James, Paul George, Russell Westbrook, and a returning Shaquille O'Neal. That's, <laughs> the That's your starting six. That's my starting six, yeah. They get an extra because Magic Johnson's been through a lot. All right, and well, that brings us to the end of our podcast here. Um, I have one more question for you. We're coming into Halloween tomorrow. Do you uh, have any plans to dress up for Halloween tomorrow? I'm going to dress up as a man who does a basketball podcast in the nighttime and is a superhero by day, and his name is Lame Guy, and it's me, so that's depressing. All right, on that note, we're, we're signing out <laughs> Oh, here. Do you, are you going to dress up tomorrow? No, I'm, I'm, one, one day of dress up is enough for me. No, I think you should do along the same theme as like David Attenborough and then just another old guy that nobody knows. I, I do have you my old have guy costume. Yeah, you I have already have a crusty exterior. It's like, and... now I'm George H.W. Bush and my hand's on your butt. <laughs> I was going to try a George H.W. Bush impression there, but I thought better of it. Well, yeah. It's also his dad. H.W. H.W. Bush. What the Gulf War. Oh, he's touching butts. Gulf War? Yeah, they're playing golf. Is that when Nordstrom sent the club through Tiger Woods' car? Yeah, it was a whole deal. The Bushes were involved. There's there's a lot of oil involved. Oh. These things are too complex for me. I'm, I'm an innocent guy. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not privy to the outside world and these politics and these, <laughs> these scary adult topics. And these I'm just here talking trees. about basketball and just... And his canter making winning plays. <laughs> <laughs> so on that note, we're signing out. We'll see you Wednesday. A good amount to me. Like I said, there's different amounts. How many? Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Why I you would never you? wear a big ball in a shirt. No, I didn't say that. Don't talk to me, I heard you say I'm not even worried I said that I... You're a great reporter, just not reporting on me. Next, well, next, next, well, next. Well. Let me tell you something. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane.